Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches, señores y señores. I am Guillermo Faturi, one of your hosts for this fourth season of El Cafecito. A pleasure, as always, to be here, being part of the podcast of the Department of Spanish and Portuguese at the University of Toronto. Today, we will be uh, having not only uh, our regular uh, co-hosts, but two very important guests that I will, with honor, introduce right now. So, first of all, I'll go to a regular Raquel Serrano. How are you doing this fine morning? Hola, hello, Cubo. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, it's a sunny day out, and I'm so happy we're having this conversation. Uh, after seeing all the protests that happen in Latin America, I just feel like this conversation is so important to that we need to to have it. And um, also excited to have these two guests here with us today, uh, so we can get started on this important conversation. Absolutely, Raquel. I could not agree more. And with that, I'll introduce the first of our two very special guests. Helen, how are you doing today? Hi. Thank you. Yes. I'm Helen Bachon. I'm from Chile originally. I'm really happy to also be here. I feel really fortunate. I feel this topic, it's really important. This conversation is really important, especially this month. So I'm really grateful to be here and to be sharing this conversation with you guys. Absolutely awesome. And our second guest is Juanita. How are you doing today, Juanita? Good, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I'm Juanita Arango. I'm from Bogota, Colombia. And um, I think it's very, very important that we have these spaces, uh, especially to share like everything, uh, like all of the news, everything that's happening right now in Latin America. Um, and also transmitting to people that maybe you know, don't talk in Spanish, don't know about this. Um, thank you. Absolutely. So as uh, you guys already alluded to, and because obviously you probably already saw in the title of the podcast, today we're going to be honoring, not honoring perhaps, but commemorating is a better word, International Women's Day, having several discussions that have to do with uh, the feminist movement or struggle perhaps in Latin America. Uh, and with that, I'll give it over to Raquel because we're going to start quickly talking about La Cancion Sin Miedo. Right, Raquel? Yes, thank you, Guille. Um, so in 2020, Vivir Quintana, a great Mexican musician, uh, released a song, Cancion Sin Miedo, that if you haven't done so already, please give it a listen to because it's it's just wow. The, the, the lyrics, the music. Um, this song has become a feminist anthem that talks back to the public issue of violence against women. Uh, Cancion Sin Miedo, uh, along with the performance uh, on the song Un Violador en Tu Camino by Las Tesis, are some of the songs that um, women perform and uh, use as they were uh, marching this past uh, March 8th to demand justice across Latin America. And I just really wanted to start the episode with this conversation because it is through these feminist anthems, feminist chants, that women have been able to come together. Uh, we feel really identified by the lyrics of the songs, um, by the struggles, by the issues that uh, songs like Cancion Sin Miedo and Un Violador en Tu Camino are pointing out. Um, so I wanted to start the conversation with how did you experience March 8th? Um, what did you do? What did you hear about this day in your countries? Okay, I feel sadly it was almost as a regular day. Um, I woke up, I realized it was 
March 8th and I just started seeing my Instagram feed full of photos from my friends in, in Chile marching in Plaza Italia, Plaza Dignidad. And I remember in Chile, we always used to have conversation spaces uh, with women. And we used to talk about the struggles and the, the fight that has been happening for years and still happening right now. But I arrived at uni and nothing was happening, not even a sign anywhere. And uh, when we were in the class, the professor said, happy Women's Day. <laughs> and I just stayed quiet because I felt it was not the time to make an intervention. But then another classmate said, oh, this is so sad. I remember in my country, they used to give like candies and flowers. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna stay quiet anymore. So I raised my hand and I explained that it's not a celebration, but it's commemoration. And I asked everybody if they knew how the 8th of March started, like the actual story. And no one in the class knew, and I was shocked. <laughs> so I feel, yeah, it's, it's yeah. nobody knows about the genocide of like almost 300 women in total. And I think it was really important for me to actually say it because I feel even if it was a small detail, maybe they really changed the way they see the day. Yeah, definitely. And it's not a small detail, though. It's, it's something that really matters. It's something that in theory we're all supposed to know. Um, and as you were saying, like there, there's such a lack of communication, but also a lack of acknowledgement on the importance, the history of, of International Women's Day. And a lot of people have used this opportunity, especially corporations and multinationals to offer you discounts and um, access codes for uh, exclusive um, products. And what can I do with a coupon if in Latin America, um, just by being a woman, I'll probably be killed just because I'm a woman. So the discrepancy of these issues is just um, so to some extent disgusting and also it's very disappointing to see that um, besides a couple of conferences here and there there was nothing going on here. Juanita what was your experience? Um, unfortunately it was very similar to, to Helen's because um, like I kind of had this uh, pre, like I had this notion that I, I had this feeling that people were not gonna be as vocal about it as I'm used to um, in Latin America in my country. So I decided just to kind of like make a statement in a way. So I have like I have my um, handkerchiefs. I have like these bandanas that have uh, a message in Spanish. And I, I wore it like, like this and I wore it like here. And at least people were saying like, oh, this is pretty. And they, they said, they read something. They were like, what does that mean? So that was kind of like my way to get people to listen a little bit because uh, yeah, I didn't, I also didn't want to intervene like in class. I didn't know how to, and everyone, Everyone I, I knew, um, I know here, everyone I know here, um, they were saying 
the same thing happy women's day and i i got kind of like mad <laughs> because uh it, i think we have these different idea of what women's day is like starting from uh the idea that it's not something to celebrate because uh the realities at least in latin america and i'm sure in the whole world in every part of the world there's still a lot to do and also to add to what helen said about you know like how people didn't know don't know about the origin it that i think that's very surprising again because i i hear a lot of people in Uh, here in Canada, at least, they they say they receive education in women and gender studies and everything. So I believe, like they have, they talk about it more maybe in their schools. At least I didn't have that. I had to look for that, like with my friends in the on the internet, everything. So it was like, you know, how how people address like and take all of this information and what they do with it. Interesting what you're saying with your bandanas because because people saw you wearing them then they ask questions and then now they are kind of like they got interested in like oh what are you fighting for like what are you trying to say with by wearing these um, and to some extent I guess that gets the conversation started but it shouldn't just be on one individual to explain and educate people on the struggles that uh, women in Latin American face in Latin America face. Um, Guille, how did you experience this day? Did you hear anything in the news? Um, yeah, I was that? actually I was actually surprised, like like all of you, how 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 non um, how non the law was going on, especially because in twenty uh, in twenty when was it twenty twenty there was massive uh, not uh, massive demonstrations across. Europe with a massive one in Barcelona, a massive one in Mexico City, and it was super like nice to see. Whereas, not this year. I suppose it might have been because in 2020 that was on a Sunday, and this was a Tuesday, so it's a bit harder to mobilize. I think that's important to take into account as well. Um, but yeah, in Brazil there was not really anything going on super impactful in that in that way, and here in Toronto either. Like I, I had a class which was actually peace, conflict, and justice on Tuesday, and. Uh, no, nothing. It was not mentioned. So it was it was really upsetting uh, because that is a sort of class where you would expect that to come up and it didn't. So um, yeah, it was it was I echo the sentiment of under underwhelming uh, March 8th uh, yeah. demonstrations in general. Yeah, it really seems there was no kind of acknowledgement besides let's say the women and gender study um, studies program i know they hosted a, a conference but besides them i don't really know if there was anything else going on um but with your comment about brazil i also wanted to ask you um how was international women's day commemorated in your countries because at least in mine in ecuador um they were a few uh, massive protests going on in big big cities and the small ones too Um, but there was as much as there was a time for women from different women from different people to get together with their uh, with their posters, um, with their clothes, with their different things that they were bringing to, to the protest. As much as it was a time of community building and solidarity, 
it was also a time where we saw the how machista our society is. And I'm saying this because uh, in Quito, in my city, um, the police use uh, repression against the, the, the people that were protesting. So then you're like, and, and they were saying they were using all these different um, repressive, I guess, strategies because they wanted to, to take care or they wanted people to not get into the main plaza of our uh, downtown Quito. Um, and also because they wanted to take care of the of, of, of the monuments of the, of the important buildings and it's like what kind of message are you trying to to tell with these and when you use violence for people that were protesting peacefully what does that uh, mean about how you view uh, women women in society so I definitely have mixed feelings about the how March 8th was commemorated in Ecuador. Um, there was a lot of violence, but at the same time that there was a lot of violence, there was also it just, I was looking to, to the pictures of people attending the protests and I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be there with my friends. I wanted to be there with my family. I wanted to have my sign and be able to say something. And I feel like we didn't have that space here. Um, but yeah, I wanted to hear what, what are your, um, thoughts are on this uh helen yes i agree 100% i feel the what we're missing here is the sorority like the community all of the women together in one, with one cause cuz in chile all of the women in my class and other classes we all refused to do something that wasn't related to the 8th of march in that day at least for the whole morning we wanted to focus and talk about it and we brought it up we were together with that objective but here it's like it's there's not there's not that sense of unity among women i feel it's everyone's taking care of like what they say to not look bad and they they don't they don't risk the like public opinion of them because they don't want to look like exaggerated since that they tend to label us that way But at the same time, I feel it's also a matter of background since Latin American women at younger ages are exposed to really, like really strong uh, experiences. I remember my first like really bad experiences were when I was like 11 years old. Like <laughs> you don't imagine that here as often. It happens, but not as often. And I guess that also, uh, get like has an, an effect on how motivated women are as a collective and since there's not a lot of unity you don't have that like strength to always say i'm gonna do it anyway alone because that feeling of you have a family supporting you we're all in this together gives you the strength to also say okay i'm gonna go to march and i know something can happen but i have women protecting me and I, I don't feel that here so I guess that's what I was missing yesterday oh two days ago sorry <laughs> two days ago to like actually do something I feel like everyone's taking care of themselves such a great point unity solidarity community we're lacking that here yes um, I want to add on Ellen's point before I talk about Uh, my country, and it's, you know, I was talking about this with other Latin American friends I have, and it's like, it's 
unbelievable how performative activism is here. It is like, like although social media is a good space to kind of talk about some things, you know, like I see these, I reply to these, all of that. At the same time, it's so massificated that people just feel the pressure. You know, I have to post something and say Happy Women's Day, and uh, at least, at least there's a pressure there. But we don't have that in real life, offline, I guess, and that's that's that could be problematic because, well, well, wait, I'm gonna, <laughs> um, that could be um, an issue, at least, um, you know, community, as Helen said, is very important. And I, I think we are used to a lot of like being close to people, being really bond, like being, you know, having a bond with people. At first, when I met Latin American people here, I know I'm going to have a bond. I'm going to have, I know I'm going to have their back and I'm going to have theirs, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was very, that was an issue for me. Uh, but, yeah, I think I missed a lot of, I was missing a lot of um, also, you know, how we protest. I think um, the whole like the me the the media we use to express ourselves, for example, art, all of the anthems we have, uh, we have a lot to you know hold on to. I think um, we like our only way to protest is just not marching. But for example, in my country, we had like feminist concerts, we had uh, performance art, body art, everything with with a message, and also you know, uh, all of the the parents of all of the girls that have disappeared were there. Everyone was hugging everyone. You saw like these massive circles, people hugging, you know, uh, the parents of the girls that have been like, that are missing. And it is just this warmth and at the same time, hope, you know, hope for all of, of this hard reality we cannot escape basically right um and sometimes i feel i feel a little guilty you know like not being there kind of like escaping a little bit of that reality but at the same time it still it still impacts me um also through my friends uh and all of that and also um i i want to also acknowledge and uh bring into the table how for example um multiple like we have feminisms we have latin american feminisms and that is very that was very visible in my city in my country uh that you can you have like different kind of like blogs there were some that were just only for women uh mixed ones um afro-feminist eco-feminist and there's even even though we had like we have like different agendas and different purposes everything we have all always a common ground and you know it's like uh, all of like protesting all of this violence also celebrating at least in my country uh, you know the reproductive rights that we now have uh, a wider access to so that was the purpose that was mainly the objectives that were um, in the protest in my country yeah yeah, you bring up so many great points. And with what you were saying about the 
other community building activities, the um, exhibitions, the different art, um, artworks and other other things that were going on. I think that also speaks about not just, as you were saying, just protesting one day and then that day when everyone is like on social media posting about it and then like the other 364 days they're like not talking about this. But I think it's through these songs, through, the, through this artwork, through these other pieces of, of, of content that we can take this issue farther, that we can use these different um, pieces to work on for those other days that we are not protesting. And I think that um, that's the case of Un Violador en tu Camino and uh, Cancion Sin Miedo. Like they were released and performed one day in one city and then suddenly other countries were also taking them as an example of a feminist anthem. And now there's so much work being done based on these two songs. Uh, and I'm sure there's also work being done based on other um, art displays and um, other pieces of, of content uh, and knowledge that is being created and shared in Latin America. And I think that brings us to, I guess, to actually start talking about abortion rights with your last comment, Juanita. Um, and to introduce the topic, I think we can talk about how as we've been saying this past March 8th, thousands of women in Latin America took the streets to protest among many things. Uh, the war against women in Latin America. I have said this before. This is a term used by the Argentinian anthropologist, Laura Segato. She claims that because of all the violence, because of all the femicides, there is a war against women in, in the region. I am incredibly sorry to interrupt Raquel, but I am actually coming from the future to tell uh, you, our dear listeners, that this episode has been split into two parts. So right now we have finished this seventh episode for the fourth season of El Cafecito. We have uh, finished our discussion on the commemorations of the 8th of March, International Women's Day across Latin America and in Toronto. And in part uh, the second part, the eighth episode of the fourth season of El Cafecito, which will come out later this week on Friday, uh, we will discuss the fight for the legalization of abortion in Latin America and how uh, abortion has been legalized in Argentina and it's on its way to be legalized in Colombia and how there's massive fights for it to be legalized in Ecuador and in Chile. Thank you so much for listening today for the seventh episode of the fourth season of El Cafecito and please join us on Friday for the second part of this important and super current discussion. Thank you so much and I'll see you on Friday.